Welcome to episode five of the So Rare Ramble. We've got me, SL Monkey, David. Um, we've got the two new uh, co-hosts who were introduced last week, Ryan, aka It's Haber, and Chris, aka Bullstar. So yeah, good morning from me, or oh, sorry, good afternoon. Um, guten Tag as well to our German base. Thank you for listening. So how are you guys this week? Over to you, I- Ryan. I am. Um, I'm good. Uh, I've got wet hair. I've just got out of the shower, actually. So I'm trying to get that out of my eyes. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm bored. I'm actually no. I'm not good. I'm bored. I'm so bored of this stupid international break. <laughs> it's dragging on, man. Apart from that, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, I completely agree. It drives me around the bend. And I've done well. Like I've won prizes, but it's still boring. But uh, what about you, Chris? Yeah, I'm all good, thanks. Yeah, kind of iterating what Ryan's just said there. Um, looking forward to league football coming back next weekend. Haven't had, uh, well, a great weekend in terms of SO5 scores. Um, so, yeah, looking forward to domestic football coming back at the weekend. And you were just saying before we uh, went live that you think you're pretty much done with the, the month long in the limited division? Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's... I think there's a there's a pivot that, that you've got to make and, and you know not to go over any ground that the guys covered yesterday on the So Red Data Pod, but you know, I've kind of got a couple of scores around the three fifty mark in All Star Limited and, and you know, I've not even touched the tier five with that. I think for me it's time this weekend to reprioritize and, and perhaps put more focus into the cap modes and, and the regionals and, and you know, maybe not even enter All Star at all, depending on what my options are. So um that's something to consider over the next couple of days. But yeah, I, I think by now, if you aren't in a good spot, kind of nearly halfway through the month in, in the all-star long form, you're going to struggle really to um, to get anything that significant in terms of rewards come the end of it. Yeah, because you, obviously you need four scores. And after this midweek, which is a pretty short midweek in terms of number of games, then we flip over to next weekend and then you've got four game weeks. So if you haven't registered probably a couple of good scores by now, <clears throat> then it's going to be tough to get to the top echelons. You know, if you continued, you might be able to get a T5, but, you know, is that going to change your gallery? Probably not. So, yeah, it's probably a smart move shifting over to uh, regions or to, you know, cap mode because a lot of the cards will still be played in All-Star this weekend, I'd imagine. What about you, Ryan? I'm just bored. <laughs> I'm so, like... Do you know what it is, right? So the other day I was sat there and I was thinking about going live for, for So Rare and just like streaming some So Rare content. And for the first time ever, I was just like, no. I'm so, I just, can we just ban the international, sorry, I know it's not answering <laughs> your question at all, but can we just ban the international break? Like I'm here, I'm pushing an agenda today. That's my goal on the pod today is I want to ban the international break forever. And I think we can get enough people to sign a form where we can get it looked at by the government. Right, we'll get that campaign going. <laughs> <laughs> What about what about the month long? Sorry, yeah. Anyway, in the month long, <laughs> um, I've only done All Star Rare Pro, and I am sat in like two hundredth, and I didn't realize I was actually not that far away because it pays down to like one hundred and seventy. So I'm actually a little bit more confident now than I was before because I've got some good matchups coming. 
um in the next how long we got like two and a half weeks now it's four game weeks after this one that goes live in an hour that's yeah i think because i've got some good champions league ones as well so i'm actually a bit more confident that i could actually get a monthly reward here um it might only be a tier three or a, or a, maybe if i'm lucky at tier two but i'll take tier twos tier twos could be goalkeepers yeah, yeah i got a tier two last week from the last pod we recorded when i found out i'd finished fifth and he was a starting um, the league keeper who's since been shifted on, but saving ETH for something we'll speak about in a second. But, you know, I think it was like nearly, you know, towards 0.3 ETH you get. That's not bad at all. I think, like, people sometimes snub the noses at tier twos these days. But, like, with how... I think it's a lot of the older heads that, that still think of tier twos as the old tier twos, back when those tier twos were actually more like tier threes and fours. But these days, tier twos are solid rewards, man. I actually... Like if I have a tier two rare, I'm buzzing because I know that card is like between a hundred and like four hundred pounds, depending on whereabouts you finished in that like table. Yeah. So yeah, I I love tier twos, man. I, if I get a tier two for the monthlies, I'll be buzzing. Yeah, exactly. I completely agree. And of course, they're the old tier ones. Yeah. So and you know when you used to get a tier one, you were pretty happy, weren't you? So exactly, you'd be yeah. Happy with the tier two, yeah. Um, but yeah, so you know, moving on. Obviously, we've got the the Premier League coming back. We've got all of the Champions Leagues. Globally, I think next week, I think we've got the Copa Libertadores. We'll speak about that next week. Obviously, we've got Champions League, as Ryan just said. Um, got the Asian Champions League, which will be quite interesting. Um, I was speaking to you a bit about that yesterday, Chris. Have you done any planning towards that? Yeah, I mean, I, I picked up a few players uh, a couple of weeks ago that I'd identified have got some good utility with um, the internationals that we, we've had and also going up to Christmas. And then are also playing in the um, the Asian Champions League games, which start this weekend. So uh, the ones I'd picked up was Mitrovic, who banged a hat-trick at the weekend. Who are, And Serbia have got a lovely group really um qualifying group as well that they, they they've got so they've got some nice fixtures there and i also picked up milinkovic savic his teammate um for serbia to have a little uh, mini stack of those two when they played together he, he didn't score as well this weekend i have picked up bono the um morocco keeper who uh ex severe uh, obviously uh, well known for his heroics in the world cup last year he might not play this weekend, uh, as you've uh, alerted me to, David. So um, there is a rule in place with a, um, a capped amount of uh, foreign players allowed in the Asian Champions League games. I think it's six in total, and one of them has got to be from another Asian confederation. So Al-Hilal, who are um, Bono's team with Neymar, uh, Malcolm, Neves... Mitrovic and and an SMS as well, and Koulibaly is the other one. They've got to basically select five of those guys to play in the uh, Champions League games, and two of them will be left out each round. So it presents a bit of a dilemma there if you have picked up any of those players. But you know, I think that I think that um, Mitrovic and and Neymar are, are pretty much locks in that side. Mitrovic has been absolutely on fire for them the last few weeks. I think he scored minimum of one goal every game. I think he had a hat-trick uh, against Al Nasser. And like I say, he scored a hat-trick at the weekend for Serbia. So he is the main man in terms of goal scoring for them. And I expect him to do um, to do well this weekend and in those those Champions League games for them. So I think he's a good 
a good option. Um, but yeah, the other teams as well, you know, Ronaldo's going to be available. Uh, his team are in, Benzema, a lot of the big names that we had lost utility for, for are now going to be available for a period of time for those games. And, and they are going to be very powerful options in those in those fixtures basically so yeah they've all, got some, they've all got some pretty easy matches haven't they which is yeah. you know means that you like to get some good scores it's quite interesting that Neymar hasn't actually started a game for them yet uh an official game a pro, um I think he's played a couple of warm-up games where he's literally been you know running around about 20 players and back healing into the net and stuff like that and taking the piss but you know you sort of feel that it could be a little bit like that next week Hope not, because I don't want them to be locked in hundreds, because I don't own them. But uh, I'm sure people that do, you know, would like that. And obviously, um, Mitrovic, she twisted my arm and I bought a little limited of his. Um, but yeah, so I might stick him in a team and stuff like that and see how it goes. But um, I think the, I think the good thing from Neymar's point of view, if we don't own Neymar, which I know I don't think any of us do, I do. Is that? <laughs> oh, you. Right. You've kept him as well. I mean, a good yeah. okay for me, <laughs> for me and David. Then, so the good thing for me and David is he, he got a hundred um, over the international break, so he kind of um, he's not really an option now in the cap modes. So for the All Star, yeah, great, get him in, probably captain him in one of your teams. But um, again, it's another reason, perhaps for me, to just completely opt out of All Star and go look. There are going to be players like Neymar, like. Benzema, who've got these really nice uh, matches this weekend in, in that competition, mismatches effectively. And um, yeah, it's quite nice that you got 100 because you can't use them in cap modes now. So nice. Ryan, are you going to play him in All Star Rare Pro? I think so. I'm going to wait to see what, what happens and what comes out. But yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to happy because I did hold on to him. I almost like, tried to bologna him but i i was like nah like he will get a few games here and there especially international breaks and i'll be happy ironically his cap hasn't updated yet so he's still got a zero for this game week so i've used him in cap 240 this week as well um as a little cheat code i love that so it was nice it was nice using him in there last week i only got i got four man threshold with him last week because he had zero my goalie didn't play which is a bit annoying but it is what it is um i think i'll play him i don't know it, the thing with Neymar is you never know with that guy. He's got like, he's just crazy, isn't he? I don't know if he's like, he might go go back to Saudi and be like, nah, I'm not playing this week. You know what I mean? So like, I don't know if I can ever confidently play him in a in a priority lineup. I don't know. He just he just freaks me out too much. Did it with PSG, so he's definitely going to do it with uh, is it Al Halal, wherever he is. Yeah. Yeah. He's One of the Al's. Yeah. There's some shenanigans happening there, 100. percent Like, is it near his near his sister's birthday? Because you take a few weeks off for that as well. I was going to say, as long as it's not carnival season or, or <laughs> yeah. birthday season, then uh, you should be okay in terms of him playing. But um, yeah, he has that break around. Um, it's kind of March, isn't it? Every year, I think. Yeah, yeah. March yeah. Kind of time. He just <laughs> yeah. disappears for two weeks. So uh, that's what scares me. I'm like, I'm <laughs> yeah. a little bit. I don't know. I don't know what to. Um, I don't know what to do. I think I think I'll probably end up playing him somewhere. Maybe if if there's some like news that comes out and he's locked in to start, he's definitely going an all star rare pro because like he's captain material there. But if if not, then I don't know. I can't play him in a cat mode, can I? Because he can have a hundred. Yeah. So don't put him in all star rare, please. 
<laughs> I don't play All Star Rare. I played it one week and I scored about two hundred points. I was like, yeah, I can't be bothered. So I just don't have enough good rare cards to play rare pro and rare, and then regions and stuff like that as well. So I think Neymar also. So he plays against Peru this game week. I don't know what day that is. Is it tomorrow? Tomorrow at 3, 3 a.m. Brilliant. So won't be watching that. Um, as long as he doesn't get injured there, maybe. Yeah. So he plays, yeah, because he plays on Monday, doesn't he? Next week, yeah. Chris. Yeah, it's Monday next week. Yeah, yeah so it'll be including next weekend. They've got two games, actually. They've got a game on Saturday, I think, and then a game on the Monday. So they 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 have a really quite congested fixture schedule. Um, so I can imagine that the guys who've been on international duty, especially in South America, won't play this weekend in the league game. And then they will get kept for the for the game on Monday, which is at home as well um, mm-hmm. against Mumbai. So, yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like, I just wonder how much power this club has over Neymar, for example, right? Because PSG couldn't keep a couldn't keep a leash on him most of the time. I wonder if they're like, right, you're coming back and you're playing on Monday. If he'd be like, okay, or if he's, you know, maybe he's just staying in Brazil for a week and enjoying the life. That who knows? I mean, he's getting paid serious amount of money, isn't he? So yeah, you know, even if they stopped his salary for one week or fined him for one week, it's like yeah, five million or something like that. So. It's pretty good motivation, True. but obviously, the main one of the main main reasons we're here is to talk about the Premier League and the glorious Premier League returns this weekend. First up on the slate, we've got uh, Wolves at home to the mighty Reds. My team, your team, I've got a home match against Brighton, which could be quite a fun game to watch. Although that's on a Saturday afternoon, which is a bit irritating because that's the kind of game you like to watch. Yeah, might have to try and get tickets. But uh, yeah, no, actually, that should be fun. Um, looking through the matchups, Villa Palace, Fulham Luton, Spurs at home to Sheffield United could be a bit of a smash spot for some of the Spurs cards. Um, we've obviously started the season pretty well and quite attacking. Uh, we've got City away at West Ham. Hopefully, West Ham can do a little uh, favour there for the teams. Newcastle at home to Brentford, Bournemouth at home to Chelsea, Everton, who have been shocking at home to Arsenal and then the Monday night game also isn't a particularly exciting game sorry to any Burnley fans but it's uh, Forest Burnley but um, well actually it could be a good game but it's not necessarily one that gets your juices flowing when you read that read that is there anything you're particularly looking forward to this weekend uh, Chris I think as you've alluded to there David I think the Man United Brighton game is a standout match this weekend um both sides. I mean, Brighton. I was having a look earlier at the um, goal scored, goal against, expected goal scored, expected goals against. Um, Brighton have scored the most goals in the Premier League this season. Their xG is the second highest. They are also fourth on uh, expected goals against. So, essentially, when you you got a Brighton game, there's goals all over the place, as we've seen the first few weeks. Man United, um, a sixth for both. So sixth highest for goals scored, expected goals scored, and sixth for expected goals against. So, yeah, I think we're in for a lot of goals. It's going to be nil-nil now, I've said that. But um, on paper, in theory, from what we can see and from what we can see for the first few weeks, there should be should be a lot of goals in that game. So it should be quite exciting for a neutral. Um, I think the West Ham City game is interesting. West Ham has started really well. 
They've got a couple of new signings coming in. It'd be nice to see if Kudus gets more minutes uh, this weekend. Um, and the other big thing that I've written down is rotation. This weekend, we've, we've got the European fixtures. Um, competitions are all back next week. So it's going to be interesting to see what the the, the sides who are involved in those games next midweek do this weekend in terms of rotation. City obviously have got um, a lot of players who are coming back from international duty. Alvarez is coming back from Argentina. Liverpool have got a lot of South American contingent coming back. So, um, you know, especially with those guys that have been halfway around the world, um, it's going to be interesting to see whether they are played this weekend, whether they get 90 minutes or whether there's a bit of rotation. And I think that is something to really keep in mind as a so rare manager this weekend is just kind of really trying to get that info um, as quick as he can and as, as accurate as possible for Friday, because I think we are going to see some rotation this weekend and that could be quite a factor in, in especially, especially teams that are in Europe next, next week, which, yeah. you know, a lot of the big time, but a lot of the big teams are. What about Ryan? Yeah. What about you, Ryan? Is there anything you're particularly looking forward to this weekend? Well, obviously looking forward to United. Absolutely. Um, I'm intrigued for Man City as well, just because I'm intrigued to see if Doku starts. And West Ham have had a good start to the season, but I think I honestly think that game could be a four or five nil Man City. I haven't been impressed watching West Ham defensively at all. I think they should have conceded multiple goals to Luton in the last game. I was going to say last week, but it was a couple of weeks ago now. Um, I think United. I think we'll shut out Brighton. I don't. I think we could be clean sheet there. I know it's going to sound crazy, but. Ironically, back to West Ham, West Ham deployed a, a tactic against Brighton that I think a lot of teams are going to do now this season, and that is let them have the ball. They're a team that I think are really dangerous in transition and they're really dangerous countering you and they're really dangerous picking line-breaking passes. But if you shut up shop and you let them have the ball in areas they don't care about having the ball in, they aren't actually that scary of a team, in my opinion. I think I think there might be a blueprint building there to beat Brighton quite comfortably. That being said, last season we did lose 2-1 at home to Brighton. So it could go either way. Um, Everton-Arsenal will be interesting because Arsenal obviously lost last, last year at Everton's ground at Goodison Park. So that, I mean, I'd love Everton to do it again, beating 1-0 again. That, that would be amazing. Sean Dyche, absolutely masterclass. Um, but for me, I think the most exciting one is actually Bournemouth-Chelsea. Chelsea are terrible, but like they shouldn't be. It's really weird. They they really shouldn't be. They've they've shown little glimpses here and there, but also Bournemouth at home are actually a genuinely decent team, unless they're playing against the likes of Liverpool or, or Man City. But like Bournemouth at home against mid-table clubs like Chelsea are usually pretty good. So I'm intrigued to see how that one plays out. That one's at 2pm on Sunday, so I will be watching that and I, I'm looking forward to seeing how that one plays out. And I'd love Chelsea to lose again because it just piles on way more pressure and I love seeing Chelsea under pressure. <laughs> <laughs> if, like, <clears throat> I don't know how closely you guys follow the actual, like, nerdy stats, I like to call them, of the Premier League, but if, if, do either of you have an idea who's got the highest XG total this season so far? As uh, expected goals team. team uh brighton no we'll give you two guesses each highest xg i guess they chelsea no well they are quite high yeah because they have created a lot of chances which is, wouldn't it wouldn't be united although we have we have a relatively high xg versus goals scored but it won't be us um, have you just heard searched it <laughs> <I've looked. laughs> 
I knew yeah. Brighton was second. I've even I even said that earlier it was Brighton that was second. Yeah, Brentford are first, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Nine point seven, ten goals, which is like the next highest is Brighton on nine. Yeah. You know, then there's quite a few on sort of eight, like Man City are on eight point six, Chelsea, Arsenal are on eight point three, Liverpool surprisingly, and Tottenham, who have both scored quite a lot of goals, are both in the sevens, which is a bit of a surprise. I guess it means we're being more efficient. In front of goal, but um, I mean Chelsea. Actually, if you look at Chelsea, there, David, it stands out in terms of how much they're underperforming their their goals scored versus XG. Yeah, so they've only scored five goals a season, and they've got eight point three XG. So, I mean, Jackson is the biggest culprit for that. He, he's he's a player I was looking at earlier on actually, and and he's um, underperforming his expected goals by two by minus two. So he's missed big chances, basically. So I rate um, him, though. I think he's actually a really good player. Yeah. I think he's just been very unlucky. Yeah. Um, but that's what I love about it, because, like, seeing Chelsea... My, my roommate supports Chelsea, and just seeing them constantly under pressure is amazing, because I hated that team growing up, because they obviously, you know, I think it was 2006 when they won the league. They were just unbelievable that season when they had, like, Essien, and uh, I think they only conceded about... 10 outfield goals or something stupid that season. Well, it's 2006, 2005. But they're just a team I hate because they just run, randomly pop up and win a Champions League or a Premier League here and there. It's annoying to see. So when they're under pressure, I'm thriving. Oh, I, think I, love- I think there's a case to say that at some point in the next few weeks, Jackson will, you know, will bang a lot of goals in. He'll, yeah, he'll have I a game agree. where he scores two or three and everything goes in. It's a little bit like Darwin Nunes. I mean, last season, again, the amount of, shots he was having and it, you know his his goals versus xg were, was was way way off and you know over a longer period that should normalize and it should sort of find its it find itself over time um to be kind of a level uh, unless you're just a really 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 poor finisher and you know i don't think jackson is as you say i think he's actually a decent player and the same with Darwin. You know, Darwin was getting a lot of flack last season in the press and, and and fans from other clubs. And I think over time, Darwin will will prove to be a pretty successful player and and can finish. But for whatever reason, strikers go through runs of form where they can't score a goal. You know, and they they should be they should it's be confidence. scoring goals and, and chances they're getting just will not go in. Yeah, it's confidence. It's psychological. There's yeah. a lot of different factors at play, but you know, I think that the quality of those players to get to that level as international footballers, it will normalise generally over enough time and over a season. So yeah, I think I think Jackson will come will come good in terms of he he will start to score goals over the next few months for, for Chelsea. Yeah, no, I completely agree. But uh, I often quite like to look and see who sort of you know teams that could potentially turn it around and I can't remember whether it was with you guys last week or the week before with Quinny who was speaking about Watford sorry not Watford uh, I've got Watford in my mind because I've been buying all the cards um Wolves who have got you know reasonably high xg rating and a lot of their players feature quite highly up from there but they haven't necessarily scored the goals but I watched their game last the last one before the international break and they actually do create a fair amount and I think that if they can get it to click, uh, you know, kind of like, um, uh, oh my God, who's the, I was going to say who's the Portuguese guy, but they've got uh, 10 of them, haven't they? 
the Ford card, uh, Neto. Neto, yeah. Yeah, he's been over their set pieces. And as a Ford card, I picked him up last season when he was just coming back from injury. And he has had a cracking start to the season. I don't think his price necessarily reflects that yet, although it has definitely gone up. But um, yeah, no, it's quite interesting. We're really looking forward to the, the Prem being back. It just winds me up that I know we've got like a few more game weeks, then we've got another international break. And we've got a few more, then we've got another international break. And this year, we're obviously, you know, we miss essentially two weeks of proper football each month for the next two months. <clears throat> but yeah, obviously, the big news this week, although I don't think I haven't been tracking uh, Twitter too much today, but I don't think it's been announced. But I am fully expecting the, the new Premier League cards, potentially the new Bundesliga cards as well, to drop this Wednesday afternoon. Uh, for a variety of reasons that um, the way the auctions have been lined up over the last 24 hours. Also the fact that it was announced on some article that was released last week. They said in a, in a Twitter a tweet from uh, yesterday that they were coming very soon um, with a very italic. So is there any cards particularly that you're looking at or teams that you're looking at to other build on limited side for you chris or maybe even some rares and for you ryan to be honest no actually um i got sucked in they did they did they did get me with united and i did build, i did i did get a little united collection and i was almost tempted to sell my united collection so i could get another one within a united onana card but i've decided against that now i'm just going to stick with the one i've got um i was tempted though but i i think the one mistake that I make, and I think it might be similar for, for people listening, is I will tell myself, okay, I've got a plan to do this, this, and this. And then something like this happens where we get a drop and my plans go out the window and I make purchases that make zero sense to my gallery. And then I'm just sat there with cards that I don't need, don't want. And when I get a board, they either get paveled or they get botted or whatever. Like they end up going for cheap and i've just lost money for no reason so i'm keeping as you say keeping my powder dry this time i'm gonna i'm keeping the ether i've got in my balance i'm waiting i'm not gonna get sucked in by the auctions and i'm gonna try and pick up a card that makes sense to my gallery whether that be in a couple of weeks or in a month or whenever that is i don't want to i don't want to be hasty and and waste all of the liquid ether i've built up on auctions now just because it's shiny new my united cards even though i want to is there is there any United cards that you haven't currently got that you'd want? Um, yes, so I haven't got Rashford yet. I, I want. I, I do want to pick up a Rashford at some point. Um, although I like it is expensive. I'd love to pick up a Super Air instead, though. But he's just super expensive. Um, Dallo is another interesting one. I wouldn't mind picking up because uh, I think that regardless of whether or not he plays a huge amount of games for United, he's great for international breaks. Just for the simple fact that. He, he is a smasher for Portugal. Um, and then I think potentially looking at like Brandon Williams, Palestri is an interesting one, Sancho as well, because Williams just got to move to Ipswich. I think he'll do well there. Palestri might get a chance at right wing. We've, we've been linked with Anwar Al-Ghazi. I don't know why. It's just embarrassing. But um, Palestri might get a chance at right wing. And then Sancho might get a move in January, hopefully back to the Bundesliga where he'll just cook again. So... A few few that are on my mind. Um, I'm at that point now where I'm kind of looking for the players that I'm moving to try and have the collection pieces, but also players that give me more SFI utility elsewhere. So, yeah, they're the ones that are on my mind at the moment. 
What about you, Chris? Yeah, I mean, probably the same as Ryan. There's nobody who I'm desperate to acquire uh, when the new cards are dropped. I think they'll be expensive initially. The first mints will be high. Um, the new shiny card design with the 3D um, effect, I think, will be really popular and everyone will, will want to go for them. Um, so, yeah, nobody in terms of someone I'm looking to buy at the moment uh, from either of those leagues. I have entered the, um, I can't think of what they're calling it, the the sort of 500 place uh, competition to win the, uh, I think it's the top 50 places. It's the Champ Europe competition for, for limited only win uh, two, uh, a pair of Premier League tickets. Um, so it's a really good payout. 10% of entrants are going to get paid out with that. Um, so there might be some strengthening I need to do in terms of my Champ Europe options over the next few weeks. I have got midweek options. I've got a uh, Ren defensive stacks. I've got Mandanda and Amari that I can use. I've got a couple of other options, Kalasinac and, and whatnot defensively. Um, but yeah, I'm not. I'm not super hopeful because I'm expecting to be up against you know you kind of Liverpool stacks, City stacks. Madrid stacks, etc., in there, and and I've got a bit of a ragtag bunch of, um, you know, probably tier two guys that I'm hoping will um, will consistently perform and maybe outperform a little bit, and I can I can kind of play the the fixtures each game week and um, you know um, get into that top fifty that way. But uh, yeah, I mean, there may well be some options that I have a look at. There might be some under underpriced guys. I think Neto's a really good shout that you said, David. Um, but yeah, I'll be keeping an eye on um, anyone that I think is underperforming at the minute and, um, you know, perhaps look at picking them up rather than the guys who are on the real hot streaks, um, you know, in terms of their, their L5s and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. And as you said, you know, unless you're actually setting out to do a collection, a limited collection or rare or potentially even super rare, then it's probably wise to sort of sit back and let those first few auctions come out because, you know, I know from trying to collect the the early Watford cards for building my uh, championship uh, stack that uh, they are expensive and one particular person, sometimes you'll just see them and they're happy to build whatever it takes to get the one-offs. So don't even worry about sort of competing for them. Obviously, don't let people get them for cheap if you do spot one. But if you are trying to build a collection, often it's better to wait for the jersey mints <clears throat> because often they'll come around quite quickly, especially in limited, you know, then maybe even within a couple of days. And often they get forgotten about more than the one offs. So occasionally you can pick those up for sort of, you know, pretty much the same price as they would normally be going for. It's rare, but, you know, it's worth keeping your eye if you are going to build a collection for a certain team. But it's also worth looking at and I had a quick look through all of the Premier League teams. And if you go on to so rare now, generally you can see players that have been added recently that have that are probably going to get cards. And most likely a lot of them will be rookie cards. And so I did a list of all of them that I think are likely to get cards as of Wednesday. I'll tweet about it probably or put the whole thing out on Twitter later. But there's just a couple that, you know, sort of really piqued my interest and I will run through those now. Obviously, I think the most expensive card is probably going to be James Trafford. You know, he's already 
you know, playing for Burnley. He's U23, so I'm expecting him to be expensive right out the gate. And potentially it could be a rookie card as well. And we don't get that many rookie card starting keepers. So that'll be interesting to see. In terms of the other ones that are coming out, from a personal point of view, we've got Ben Doak for Liverpool. He's absolutely cracking. Um, he's been absolutely amazing for the youth team, scoring goals for fun. You know, he can take a man on. He's, he's really got a big future and he's been elevated to the first team this season. I don't think he's got more than sort of a handful of minutes so far, but I would expect him to get sort of rotated in and played a little bit in the European matches, especially against the easier teams. So he could be an interesting one and he's surely has to be a rookie card one man city guy who I, i'll be honest i didn't know a huge amount about norwegian guy called oscar bob which is a pretty cool name uh i definitely won't be buying him because i don't want any man city players in my collection but uh, if if he's a forward card i think he's got a register put down as a midfielder currently on so rare but if he's a forward card he could be an absolutely cracking option and then some of the other guys from man city that obviously have got transfers this season but have never had cards before so we've got Lewis Hall, who's gone to Newcastle, is expected to play a sort of decent part this season. Got Tommy Doyle, who's gone to Wolves, who's sort of expected to sort of rotate in, rotate, rotate in and play as part of that front three. Um, another Liverpool player, which obviously he's been getting game time because of uh, Virgil van Dijk being injured, is Jarrell Kwanza. But yeah, we've got some other guys, like the guy that came across from uh, Brazil, uh, David Washington. I think you spell it David, or that is a bit of a weird way around. For Man United, there's uh, Shola Shortire, who potentially could get, could get a card and, you know, meant to have a big future. I don't know how how much he would, you know, be worth to your gallery right now. Yeah. Uh, but those are the main ones. Any any thoughts on those guys? Some decent cards there. Uh, but, I mean, sure, it's here, I don't know about him, to be honest. He, he, he got a little bit of time under Oli. But I'm not. I'm not sure. I'm not sure on him. For me, I, the the one name you mentioned that that where my ears prick up is Lewis Hall because I think he's got a really high ceiling. He came from he came from Chelsea, right? Sorry, Chelsea. Uh, yeah, he came from Chelsea, and Tommy Doyle came from City, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, he's one that that does interest me a lot. I think he's got a high ceiling, and at Newcastle, I think he's at like the right place for him to sort of flourish and become a really really good left back because they need somebody on the left side. Dan Byrne is just not... I don't rate Target that highly either. Dan Byrne is literally a building. He is a literal skyscraper at left back. We don't... They don't need Dan Byrne there. So, yeah, I'm, I'm excited about him. There was someone... I, I've lost it now and it's doing my head in. There was somebody that didn't have a card last year in the Premier League. It will get a card now and I can't remember who it is. And if it comes back to me, I'll let you know. But it was one that... I, I, I thought about it for so long and then I lost it right before I started speaking and I, I'm really annoyed now. So I'll, I'll think about it and come back. What about you, Chris? Yeah, I think Kwanzaa from Liverpool is a good uh, prospect. Had a... Um, got international experience at the World Cup, under 20 World Cup in the summer for England. He's quite highly thought of at, at Liverpool. I think that... Because of his emergence, it stopped us probably going out and buying another centre-back this summer. So he's a good option. He is quite far down the pecking order, but with the Europa League games, I wonder whether he might get a bit of midweek utility uh, that way, because I think we will need to rotate quite a bit. So perhaps he plays in some of those games with one of the... Um, more experienced centre-backs, Matip or something, maybe, or Gomez. So, um, yeah, I think he might be quite a... A handy option, especially if you're going to build a uh, Liverpool collection with new cards. So I think you will get some some use out of him this season. 
Yeah. What about Ben Doke? Any thoughts on him? Yeah, great, great player. Um, you know, very exciting prospect. Slightly Salah-esque, I suppose, playing on the right, left-footed, likes to beat players, likes to take shots on. Um, he's Scottish, unfortunately, so... Um, you know, he's not going to be playing for uh, for England at any level anytime soon. But yeah, he looks a he looks a really exciting player. So yeah, again, I think he'll get some some use over the uh, Europa Games, especially, and um, will picking up for that probably. I think he'll score well as well on the matrix. I think you know, in terms of winning duels, you know, dribbling at players and and, and beating players with a dribble, you, you get a duel one for that. So he'll probably rack up some decent AA. Points I would expect from that, and also kind of taking shots on and um, key passes and things with with kind of you know attacking with assists, attempted assists that he looks to to create as well. So could be quite a, a nice option in 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 the group we've got. We've got a, we've got Toulouse and, and USG, and you know we should. Who's the other team we've got? David, I can't remember. USG, Toulouse, and it'd be a Wi-Fi password or something. <laughs> yeah, I can't remember the one, but. Um, you know, we we've got um we've got some games there basically midweek where uh, last okay. last year yeah. we play next week. So um, you know, all should be quite winnable. And I think those those younger guys will, will get kind of mixed in with some more experienced players and, and get an opportunity in those midweek games. So um, yeah, I think Doke could be quite a nice a nice pickup as well potentially. I thought. Did you have a chance to look at uh, Bundesliga cards, or should we leave that to next? Yeah, I've had, I've had a little bit of a look. I don't think I've done as much as you have. Um, I don't think there's probably as many exciting options in the Bundesliga from a kind of a new, a new player to the league or, or rookie kind of perspective. I've I've written a, t- a couple down, so I'll highlight a few that I've got. So um, Leverkusen have signed a guy called a Brazilian right back called Arthur. Um, he was a uh, American Mineiro previously, played for Brazil in the under twenty World Cup at right back this summer, um, starting all the games. Um, he's come on as sub, I think, in every game this season so far. Will be vying for the spot with with Frimpong. Basically, he's kind of a, a, a an attacking right back, right wing back. Um, so I, I guess kind of we've seen a lot of Brazilian players like that over the years with Danny Alves and Cafu and whatnot. So he's kind of that that sort of mould and, and quite similar to Frimpong. Similar to Liverpool, but uh, Leverkusen are also in the Europa League. So again, I think you might see some minutes with him in, in that competition. He seems to be on the periphery of the of the team. So I think he'll get some minutes and runouts in, in that competition. And he's U23 as well. So I think he's quite a nice uh, option potentially. Uh, and another guy who's also U23 um, with no cards at the minute is a, a forward called Grant Leon Ranos, Armenian guy who is at Mönchengladbach. He has come from Bayern reserves, uh, Bayern Munich reserves. He scored 20 goals last season for them um, in their, uh, I think it's the third or fourth tier. Um, he's also an Armenian international, so he's started both fixtures over the international break uh, over the last week um, and he scored two goals against Wales away in June uh, in Armenia's surprising 4-2 win which um, Lucas Celerian was the star of the show in that game but yeah, he, got, he got two goals in that game and he's starting pretty much every game for Armenia so you'll get some international utility out of him he's, U, he's U23 you know he's, he's been on, on the bench and, and come off the bench the first few games for Munch and Gladbach but again has uh, a bit of promise there. 
And then another guy who's um, a lot more experienced, who I think is 25, 26 years old, is a guy who's gone to Wolfsburg, who's come from the Swiss League. So uh, it's a guy called um, Cedric uh, Zessiger, centre-back. He was captain of Young Boys in the Swiss League, played out there for about the last four or five years. Left-footed, uh, big, tall centre-back, 191 centimetres, Seems to win everything in the air. His aerial duel win percentage is 71%. So he's really dominant in the air. And he, he kind of racks up quite a bit of AA from long balls, uh, passes into the opposition half um, and, and, you know, passes into the, the, the final third. So it's not always the most accurate. He's not the most kind of elite passer of the ball. I mean, I kind of, with centre-backs, I compare a ball-playing centre-back in so rare terms to people like uh, players like Christian Burgess at USG, Sigali at, at Racing, Torin at, at Argentinos. So those kind of, you know, centre-backs who, who kind of are deep-lying playmakers almost to get the ball off the, the keeper and look to, to ping the ball out to either wing and, and they rack up a lot of AA points from that. He seems in that kind of mould to an extent, but, but just not the same... Uh, consistency of, of passing, uh, but he, you know, the games where he scored well and he does peak, he does peak well. He's got some nice peaks in his in his historical scoring. Um, you know, it, it's built on on um, his aerial domination and um, you know his, his long range passing. When he has a good game with that and he's hitting a lot of accurate balls, he does well in that respect. So that's um, Cedric Zessiger for, for Wolfsburg centre back. Yeah, yeah, that's quite interesting. I've identified. I don't have cards at the minute yet. Um, to have a look out for uh, potentially from the Bundesliga if those cards land this week. Nice. Anyone you're looking for from a further afield outside the Premier League, um, Ryan? The only one in the Bundesliga I I care about, and it's not it's not one that's even going to play this year. But I'm intrigued to see the price of you know Perez who went to Bayern, that goalkeeper. Yeah. Um, because there have been sort of murmurings that he could be a future number one. So I'm intrigued to see if he holds a bit of a premium straight out the gates as people want to hold for the long term or whether his price will increase towards the end of the year. I'm not sure. Um, but I have Neuer and Ulrich. So it might be one that I might pick up for my buying stack in the future. So I'm just, I'm intrigued to see his price point. I don't know. Don't know if I'm going to buy him or not, but yeah, I'm intrigued because he's actually a really solid goalkeeper as well. So, yeah, I think we'll realistically for for Bayern, it's, got, it's probably going to be Neuer's last season this year, hasn't it? That's I mean, what I'm thinking. Yeah, he's starting to creak a little bit. He's starting to get some quite bad injuries. I think the one that he's just coming back from now sounded like it really, you know, it's been quite a big one to come back from. And and I heard a few weeks ago he's really struggling in training things. Apparently, he's, I mean, he's about there now, isn't he? But. Um, mm-hmm. He, you know, struggling to, to come back from it. And you think, look, if he gets another bad injury long term now, you know, I, I just don't think he's got, I, I can't see him playing past the season personally. And um, I guess, like you say, it's whether, you know, Ulrich's not really a long term solution for Bayern. I think he's an okay number two. But whether this, this guy that you mentioned, Ryan, I don't know him to be honest, but, um, you know, whether he's seen as a long term successor might be worth picking him up now before you know while he's still relatively cheap as a third choice yeah and then long term you might you know you might pay div- dividends from that i suppose picking him up early and he's played for israel a few times as well mm-hmm. all right cool right let's move on then so i think one thing we, we wanted to speak about this week was sort of scouting on so rare 
and I just wanted to get a take from both of you about how you do it. Firstly, I'll sort of say that for me, so Red Data is an amazing tool and perhaps we'll do a scouting part there and we'll get Andrew Laird to come on the show and speak about it from his point of view as well. But for me, so Red Data is sort of a starting block. You know, it's not the, you know, it hasn't, it doesn't got a crystal ball sort of fixed into it. So it will show you historical data, which doesn't necessarily represent what's going to happen going forward. And there's so many things, changes in positions, changes in managers that can all impact how a player is going to perform on the pitch. So for me, I sort of am more likely to use on top of Soro data, so to things like sofa score and stuff like that, where you can look at sort of the data as it's coming in and stuff like that about how players are performing in matches. You can look at heat maps about where they are on the pitch. So if there's a midfielder and he's not getting into the box at all, you know he's not likely to score. So I just, what are your takes? How do you scout? Chris, what about you? Yeah, I mean, quite similar to you, David, I think, really. I mean, like, you know, totally agree. Sorry, data's great. I think we, we all love it and we all use it probably every day. Um, but it is, to me, it's like um, it's a historical database of scores. It doesn't have a lot of context. It, you know, we look at it and there's, there's a score on the screen and it's green or it's yellow or it's, it's orange. And yes, you know, you can click into it and see the within that the, the AA score and how that AA, AA score is created on a, on a per game basis. But it doesn't kind of give us enough context sometimes, I don't think. So, yeah, I think sofa score is great. Um, I do use sofa score. It's nice and easy to use. It's got a really, um, really handy app that you can have on your phone, which is just, you know, really simple, really straightforward. You can type any any player name in there from around the world. And, and it gives you a bit of a lowdown on them. You've got the heat maps, which I think are handy in terms of looking at things like uh, whether the player takes corners or not. And, you know, it has a, a nice sort of selection of, of their stats on a per-game basis, what they can do. A couple of other sites I like to look at, which which drill down probably even further into data. Um, the main one I use outside of uh, SofaScore and, and um, sort of data is FBREF. So FBREF's a US... Um, website and it, it just has an absolute plethora of, of stats. Um, you can compare stats from one player to another. Um, it has a, um, a huge selection of things like I, I kind of call them hidden stats. So the, the things that happen within a game or that a player is doing but are not picked up actively in, in the SORES scoring matrix. So things like expect, expected assists. So we touch expected stats, sorry, like expected assists, expected goals. Those things aren't really displayed in, in SoRare data. They're kind of hidden stats, but it gives a real indication of what a player could potentially do. So touched on Nicholas Jackson earlier. At the moment, in terms of SoRare, we'll see he has big chances missed in the last few games, which is a minus five and can be viewed as a negative. Actually, you can flip that around and say a big chance missed is an expected goal. And, you know, every big chance missed should be a goal, basically. So if you flip that round and say, OK, that's a minus five for that player, that's actually potentially 30 points, 33 points if they've not even got a shot on target, more than that player would have got in that game. And it is fine, fine lines that can, you know, uh, influence a player's score. So there's, there's like I say, FB ref's great. I think there's a lot of stuff you can really drill into there. You can look at things like um, shot creating actions, which, you know, again, is an attacking metric, which is basically um, looks at 
It's the last two actions that are made before a goal scored or a shot's taken. So there's goal creating actions, shot shot creating actions. So that can be a dribble, it can be a foul one, it can be an assist, it can be a tackle that then leads to a shot. And that's really interesting as well because if the player is, you know, consistently high in their shot creating actions per game, that will lead to goal score. That will lead to therefore decisive actions for that player, be it goals or assists in the long term. So they might not be, you know, actually hitting those decisives yet, but if you look into the data, you can look into things like that and and find metrics and and, and uh, details in their match performance that will lead to big scores that perhaps we're not seeing yet in terms of their historical data. So, yeah, I think FB Ref is great. And I think Sofa Score is great as well. There's a few other stats I've written down under stats quite similar to FB Ref. Just concentrates on on sort of a small selection of leagues. Why Scout you have to have a subscription for, but again, they get the sort of data from the same sources. Yeah, so you know they're they're the main ones that I that I would say are, are worth looking into and exploring further, and you know will give you a round the um, view of a player rather than just looking at the, you know green, yellow, red and orange scores that yeah, we, exactly. we get a bit obsessed with sometimes. Yeah, no, exactly. FB ref's brilliant. I've been using it for years and <clears throat> I actually had it on my, up on my screen when he started talking about it. So, yeah. What about you, Ryan? I, I just I just use Sarah Data. <laughs> <laughs> I feel a bit silly now. Um, this, is I, like, this is like a school day for you, isn't it? Yeah, I use, I <laughs> use Sarah good. Data and my eyes. And I and I watch <laughs> I'll watch a player if I've seen a couple of decent scores from him, I'll watch him and be like, right, is he actually good? Because like you say, it can be misleading sometimes. I've seen plenty of players get a big score and they've passed like my favorite one is Theo Hernandez gets about three assists a season where he passes it in his own after Rafael Liao, who takes on the entire team and scores. And it's just like, right, okay, that's you know, those kind of ones happen sometimes and they're not actual real assists in my book, but you know, they get given. But no, I just, yeah, I just use Sarah Data, really. I use Sarah Data and then I watch I watch games and, like, if I see a game and I see, oh, that guy's constantly involved, he's getting the ball all the time. It's like the reason why I bought Kimmich is because Kimmich is, he gets the ball the most out of any player on that pitch when Bayern plays. Like, he is everywhere. He's in every pocket. And even though, yeah, he scores amazingly, irrespective of his scores, I'd have, I'd have bought him anyway. He's just constantly on the ball and he constantly makes things happen. Uh, and he's taking set pieces as well. So there's that. I I have used Sofa Score a little bit, and I've I've done that for like to check corner taker and stuff like that as well. Because obviously having a having a set piece taker is is key as well within the so rare scoring metrics. But yeah, aside from that, I'm gonna have to. I've written down these sites now. I'm gonna have to check FB Ref. I had heard I hadn't heard of it before. I had heard of Y Scout. I think Chani had recommended that before. Yeah, um, that's expensive. I think yeah, yeah. pay for a subscription, but FB Ref's obviously free. But yeah, it is a bit of a wormhole. Like you'll start looking at something before you'll know it. You're like, you know, you've worked your way around like 12 different teams. But, you know, as you just said, watching a player is good as well because yeah. stats can be misleading as well. Yeah, Like, yeah. you know, you could say if a player's getting into a position and he's miss- having loads of big chances missed, yes, he's getting into the position, but if they really were truly easy chances, maybe it's just a shit forward, you know, and you'll only know that by actually watching him play as well. So, you know, maybe combine. Yeah, the, I mean, the eye test is the eye test is paramount as well. You've got to watch football. You know, if you just sit behind a, a screen and obsess over numbers, you're not really getting a feel for, for what kind of pl- player you're buying potentially, um, you know, what kind 
kind of player they are. Um, so yeah, watching football and, and soaking up uh, a match is obviously paramount to that. Um, there are only so many hours in a day, so I suppose it's it's just kind of working out which matches to watch, whether you watch players that you have in your gallery already, um, whether you're trying to scout players uh, and, and watch matches on that basis. But I mean, even watching clips of players is handy as well. You know, getting a watching highlights reel, getting an idea of, of, of what kind of player, um, a, you know, what what type of player is uh, before you, you, you know, part with your money is very, very useful and, and is always recommended as well. Just something that Ryan touched on there that I think is, is also quite a, a important stat and something that gets really overlooked. Is it kind of another um, sort of invisible stat? You said it with Kimmich is the amount of touches that he has per game. One of the things I look at when I'm when I'm buying a player is how many touches they have per game and how much they're on the ball. Because if if everything goes through them, if they're on the ball a lot, they have the opportunity to make more influence more impact more actions within the game and it's as simple as that um a player i bought i can remember um last season i i bought um one of the first super rare players i bought was alex ring from austin and um two years back he was playing as a dm uh for austin he was getting the ball off the center off the center backs and he was just getting a hell of a lot of the ball basically his, his touches were huge Per game and his AA scores were great. I watched their first couple of games of last season and they'd moved him to a different role. He was kind of playing almost like an inside right and he wasn't getting on the ball at all. And I basically sort of identified it quite quickly that, you know, his AA scores were just going to be really heavily impacted. And I got rid of him quite quickly in a trade. And and it was a, you know, it was a trade where I brought in um Alaman, the um, Argentinian uh, midfielder, yeah, yeah. who was dropped off massively, but when he was at um, Gymnasia... Um, yeah, he was brilliant, wasn't he? He was phenomenal. And, you know, I picked him up in a trade um, for Ring, and Ring was, you know, by far the more valuable player in that trade at that time. But I just could identify it mainly from his touch count was just reducing every other, every other stat because he just wasn't getting on the ball. So since then, a, they've started playing him centre back now, haven't they? As well, so yeah, yeah. Which, which again can be, you know, I think the, the the change of circumstances is is the other thing that's huge. You know, again, as a kind of we can see that on so rare data because it has the positions listed there that the player plays during a game, but it is overlooked a lot. And you know, the player that uh, the the position that a player is playing in a team or the role that they're playing is. He's just huge. Um, another one this year, um, Van Itzek from Karlsruhe. Not been on set pieces, not been on corners. They've had one of the other midfielders taking corners for them. And his, his AA score's just been absolutely decimated this season. He's still weighing in with decisives here and there, but he hasn't got that same, same floor as he had last season. So, you know, I think when you're buying and selling plays, you've just got to look at everything. You've got to analyse, has anything changed here with this player? that's going to influence the scores long-term. And then you've got to make a decision on whether you buy or, or sell a player based on what you can see today rather than their historical output, basically. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Right, we'll perhaps pick that up a, a sort of later date, but I think the reason we wanted to speak about that was, you know, really, if you're buying a player, don't just rely on, I think, Ryan, you tweeted about it the other day, don't just rely on four scores that have happened over the last... Mm-hmm you know, month, because they might have had the four easiest games or someone might yeah. have been out and he was playing and 
they might have the four toughest games coming up. So actually buying him now is completely, you know, crazy. But just being careful. Shall we move on to the little game that we play every week? Obviously, we didn't play it last week because there was no uh, football back. But uh, this week, we have all of the leagues back. So for this weekend, I would like a single player from you who is a little bit under the radar, isn't going to like burn a hole in people's wallets and could potentially do well this weekend. Uh, I'll go first. I'll go on. Go on then. I've done how to pronounce his name, so you'll have to bear with me. Shoim Grzan. Spell it. It's a S with a funky looking thing at the top. I-M-E. And then space G-R-Z with a another funky thing at the top. A-N. He's a right back. He plays for Osijek in Croatia. Um, I think his limit is about a fiver at the moment. His rare is about 40 quid. Um, and he has just been very, very good to start this season. Hear my keyboard clicking as I uh, hunt in. Oh, I wasn't aware of him at all. It's quite ra- quite rare that someone mentions a player that's uh, got potential that I'm not aware of. But... He he's sort of like played all over the place for Osijek, and he seems to have nailed down the right back spot now. And he's just been getting assists, goals, last man's out, everything. Like any decisive you think of, he's probably had it this season so far. He just seems to be on absolute flames at the moment. He's had one bad score recently. That was against Dinamo Zagreb, though. You can kind of understand that. You know, they are literally the best team in the league. But um, he's got a few decent matchups in a row. I think he's got like three or four in a row that are like relatively good matchups for him. And yeah, he's a solid pickup for not a stupid amount of money. Yeah. Wow. A lot of dark greens there. Yeah. Did have a, a rough game against uh, Dinamo Zagreb, but, you know, Dinamo Zagreb are probably the best team over there, even if the, the table doesn't reflect that at the moment. But uh, okay, I've got him marked down. Good choice. What about you, Chris? So my choice is uh, Eunice Belhanda from Adana Demispor. Number 10 for them, playmaker um, on all sets. Got a strong underlying A game. So um, loves a dribble. He has a 75% success rate with his dribbles per game. Um, three, three dribbles per game average so that kind of leads to him having a, a big success in terms of duels so he's winning he's won 64% of duels this season uh, per game uh, two and a half key passes per game average um, and he loves a shot as well he's had three shots per game uh, two on target he's playing against this weekend weekend Pendikspor at home so Pendikspor are new team in the Turkish league this season Turkish Super League they were, they were a second division team last year uh, they started okay. They're not horrendously bad, but you know, at home, uh, Belhanda's just got really strong historical scoring. Yeah, big peaks so far this season. He's had uh, a couple of eighty odd scores. He's had a couple of low ones as well. He got fifty last game. Again, his low scores were away against Genk in in Europe, which is quite a tough game for for a Turkish team. But yeah, he's uh, he's had a couple of real real chunky scores. So he's had them. Um, an 88.9, actually, ironically, against Osijek, the, uh, the team that Ryan's team was from. So, yeah, he's, he's well up there in terms of being able to get, um, you know, a lot of a lot of decisive actions with a nice nice high AA floor as well. Um, so, yeah, uh, he's my pick for the week. Nice. OK, I'm going to go back to the well. Earlier on in the series, in the first few episodes, I've been 
Orcs are heavily a team I sort of backed to do quite well this season. Obviously, I can't use players I've already used, which is, I think, two or three so far for them. So my choice was down to three, as it's probably the last time I used them. I think that an excellent, both their fullbacks are excellent. One of them just come back from injury. One of them has been suspended. Paul Jolly is excellent. He's a fullback, but he's also U23, so you've got to pay that premium. On the, the other side, there is, oh, what the bloody hell is his name? I can't think, oh, Gideon, Gideon Mensah, yeah who is also a cracking player, but he got injured. They thought it was quite serious. Turned out not to be. He came back last game. Didn't have a great game, but I think that he could have potential. Last last time out, they won 4-2, I think, against Bordeaux. So it was probably, it was, you know, one of the tougher match, away matches they'll have this season. And the other player that I think I haven't mentioned yet, he's a midfielder, although he did fill in at right back or left back, I think, once earlier this season as well. And that is Ravel Ravellison. He's a box-to-box midfielder. He isn't overset pieces, but he honestly is like an engine. He gets around the pitch. He was actually reasonably good last season as well in League One, even though they got relegated. But this season he started it off. He's had some absolutely cracking scores. And he's a little bit higher priced than I'd love to recommend. But I think even at sort of for a rare 0.58, 95 bucks under is limited is even cheaper it's like 0.04 so was that sort of like just over a five or something at the moment and he has got potential he's got three assists and one goal so far this season as i said one of them he did actually play as um i think a right back when he was filling in for jolly but um i could be mistaken but yeah he's my pick but i think yeah i think got three cracking picks there and normally, when I've said my pick, I'm pretty confident I'm going to win. And that is definitely not the case. So that's pretty much it. Is there anything else you guys wanted to bring up? Not that I could think of. Okay, well, anything else we're going to save to next week? I've still got to do the draw for the card that I was giving away from listeners of the last episode. Going forward, I want to start giving away my limiteds again. I'm just honestly not sure how. So I will run a little competition, and I hope I don't get too many entries. DM me your idea for how I can run sort of competition, which is a little bit creative and isn't just like giving away cards for the rest of the month and maybe next month, etc. DM me on Twitter and the best answer and the one I end up using will win all of my rewards for this upcoming game week. I'm not going to do the draw probably until so you've got a week from this show. We're recording on Tuesday and it'll probably come out Tuesday as well. Uh, so you've probably got a week to do that. Um, and as I said, I'll do the draw for that rare card later on today. So I'll get the I'll get the announce that on Twitter. But I think that's everything from this week. So uh, bye from me. Chuck it over to the guys to get us out of here. Uh, goodbye, everybody. Chris is way. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's it. See you soon. Bye.